What is up, Thrive Tribe? Welcome back to the Thrive University podcast. I am your host and chief energy officer, Jeremy Abramson. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you may have seen a recent video of me shining red light on my genitals. And you were probably thinking, this dude's crazy. What the fuck is he doing? But I promise there's a reason. And to help better explain the reason and some of the other powerful benefits of light and red light therapy, I brought in the founder of Mitochondria and fellow biohacker, Nick. And I'm so excited for this conversation. He dropped so many knowledge bombs that we can apply into our life right now. And that's why I love so much of the stuff Nick talks about is because yes, he's extremely smart and intelligent when it comes to health and wellness, but he's able to disseminate and break down this information in a very digestible, understandable way. So I'm super excited for you to hear today's episode. And as always, fam, I want you to really approach this episode as an opportunity to learn and grow and expand. Because remember, knowledge is not power. Knowledge is potential power. You need to put this stuff into practice for it to be fully, fully recognized. And yeah, that's all I gotta say. Let's jump in to today's show. Nick, welcome to the show, brother. How you doing out there? Super well, Jeremy. Super glad to talk to you as well. Really excited to talk to your audience. And yeah, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, brother, I know. Tell, tell the listeners and, and people watching on YouTube where you're at right now. Like, I'm currently in, in Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, it's where I, where I grew up. Amazing. That's, I, I, I definitely know we haven't had a guest from South Africa. So let's jump right in, brother, because you have founded something very powerful with mitochondria and you're in this space at such a young age, really innovating the way that people are approaching their health and wellness. So I just want to get a little background on how you became so passionate about this topic. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty interesting. I went through the kind of standard, um, you know, learning about health thing. I studied um, sports science and then I did uh, biokinetics, which is something like a physical therapist. So I went the tradi- traditional route of learning about, you know, exercise and how important movement is. Um, but everything we got taught in university was just exercise and diet. It was about it. And then I was fortunate enough that after my studies, I got exposed to a company in America called um, Functional Patterns. And they take, you know, they really focus on movement, but they also take a very holistic approach to health. So I started learning about, you know, all these other things like cold therapy, you know, your light environment, uh, breathing, you know, there's so many things that I wasn't taught and it was just such an eye opener to me. And I, I quickly realized that there's so many different variables to health that the more of them you can pay attention to, like almost the less strict you have to be with yourself. You know, if you're just focusing on your diet and exercise, I, I realized, you know, myself and with so many of my clients, that if you, you know, let your diet slip a little bit for one day, there'd be some repercussions. And, you know, doing all these extra things, almost what they would call biohacking in a lot of spaces, you, you can almost counteract those things. And I quickly realized with, with my clients that as soon as we made some small changes with their light environment, it was one of those areas that, you know, no one was just, no one was paying attention to. 
you know, when it comes to like diet and exercise, it's, you know, most people get it about 80% right. They're exercising three to five days a week. There's hundreds of variations of diets, but most people know you should cut out refined sugars and, you know, inflammatory oils. Those are the obvious ones across the board. With our light environment, there's just so much room for improvement because we're, we're just so far away from nature in terms of, you know, we're living indoor lifestyles, we're being exposed to horrendous artificial light, that it's one of those areas that with a small amount of change, you can have tremendous um, impacts on your health. So I don't think, you know, obviously I've gotten into primarily teaching people and building um, products around um, optimizing your light environment. I think it's the only thing or only aspect of health. There's a lot of people who say, you know, light is more important than diet. But I think it's one of those areas that it has its most bang for its buck uh, because most people aren't, are just completely unaware of some of the impacts of light and you know how far away from nature they are. Mm, yeah, bro. That's so powerful. And I think I read a study a couple of years ago that said the average American was spending 93% of their life indoors. And if you think about work, home, car, and that, that number only went up this last year, which is crazy. Like it's unfathomable, unfathomable to even process that. So where should somebody start? Where's a good place to start in your light journey? Like what exactly are these nutrients other than vitamin D that we're getting from the sun? How is it impacting our biology? I think the number one issue I would say is that people aren't getting they aren't getting enough light in general across the day. So there's never, there's never a high light intensity that people get exposed to. I mean, most people have probably heard of your circadian rhythm and that's all these rhythms, you know, it's your sleep wake cycle, it's your cortisol, it's your melatonin. It's all these things that should happen during the day. Those things should happen like being awake. And then at nighttime, you should get really good sleep for your brain to differentiate. What is, what is daytime and what is nighttime? It relies very heavily on our light environment. So I would say the biggest issue is most people, you know, they wake up in the morning and then they go to an office, they stay inside, they go to a gym and they're inside again, and they never get exposed to really bright natural light. So the, the very first thing I would say is getting outside more. Like I have, we have products that sell a whole bunch of light hacking tools, but the number one priority we always say is, is to reconnect with, with nature where you can. So the first thing, bioharmonize, get yourself, you know, out in the sunrise. That's one of the best things you can do for your health waking up in the morning, getting yourself out, exposing as much of yourself um, to natural sunlight in the morning. And then from there, you just take the next step. So obviously the ideal is to be outside all day, every day, um, regarding, I mean, obviously if it's a super bright day and you're going to burn, get some shade. But if you're, if you're doing you know, the bare minimum and you still need to work a nine to five job, that's when you start looking at some of the tools that we'll probably discuss a bit later, things like red light therapy. You know, what are these tools that you can use in order to supplement your lifestyle? And, you know, carry on being a modern human, but still have somewhat of a primal uh, light environment in order to reconnect with nature. Mm. How important is it to get that sunlight first thing in the morning? What does that do for the rest of our day and our hormones and everything else involved? It's it's probably, the, on my opinion, it's the most important thing you can do for your health. So your circadian rhythm, we basically have two sections of clocks in our bodies. So we have the master clock, which sits behind our eye. And that's almost like the leader in an orchestrator. It you know, sets the tone for everything else in your body. Within your body, you have other clocks that um, will rely on other things such as your meal timing uh, or your body temperature. But the most important body clock is that central clock in your eye. And that, come, that is set primarily by the morning uh, light. 
a good way to think about like how your circadian rhythm works is if you can imagine a, a set of traffic lights and you know one set of traffic lights is green at a certain time and then that lets the cars you know in that lane go and then at another time they stop and another lane will go through it's the same thing in your body where you don't want every single process in your body to be happening at the same time you want this synchrony so you want to be able to have muscle recovery optimized at a certain time of day you want to be having you know certain processes in your brain while you're sleeping you want that to happen while you're sleeping so that you know you completely replenish um, your brain's function when your circadian rhythm is off when you don't set that clock properly that's when things aren't optimized that's when your body's you know almost overlapping some things that's when you get digestion issues because your body's trying to do something else while you're trying to digest food um basically just you know this this um completely unorganized process um across your entire body when your circadian rhythm is is out of sync mm. and thanks for thanks for providing that context and i think especially growing up in america man like one of the things that i was always told and that i know all other kids are told is like make sure to put on sunblock put on sunscreen uh don't miss any part of your body. You know, my mom would always say, make sure to get the tips of your ears and the tips of your nose, Jeremy. And uh, I want to know, um, I want to know, obviously there's a time and place that sunblock appropriate, but, but can you talk a little bit about the myths of sunblock and also sunglasses? How do sunglasses also um, limit the benefit that we can get from this beautiful light source. And actually, Nick, I'm going to open up this blind so I'm getting a little more natural light. And boom. All right. I feel better already. All right. <laughs> cool. So you're going to have to remind me of the two. So the one, the one question is very important is the sunglasses. So don't let me forget that one. I'll get into that one second. So a lot of the myths of sunlight is, you know, we, I, I always find this crazy. You know, we get told, wear sunglasses when you're outside and use sunscreen when you're outside, but no one's, you know, doing anything about the artificial lighting inside. You know, everyone, we, we evolved under sunlight, yet that's what we need to protect ourselves from. But in the last hundred years, you know, we've got all this artificial lighting inside and people don't think, you know, twice about sitting in front of a computer and, and what that'll have, you know, impact on their health. So the number one, I think, myth is that, you know, sunlight is bad and that you should avoid it at all costs. I mean, there's so many different things that we need sunlight for. I mean, vitamin D is just, just one example to talk about. And I mean, vitamin D, it, even though it's named a vitamin, I'm sure you know, and most of your listeners will know, it's actually a hormone. It's probably one of the most essential hormones for you know, healthy metabolism and immune function. And when you're putting on things like sunscreen, you're not going to be producing um, optimal levels of vitamin D. Um, when it comes to like sunburn, you know, one of the myths is, is obviously that, well, I say myths. One of the problems we have is that uh, sunlight is often correlated to causing something like skin cancer. Now, I don't think that there's no link between that. I think what most people don't realize is they're not practicing uh, healthy or safe habits with sunlight. So I think the biggest issue is that people just are inside so much that when they do go out in the sun, it's almost like rocking up to the Wimbledon finals to play against Djokovic and you've never hold, held a tennis racket in your life. Most people aren't putting in the work in order to get up you know, and be able to um, you know, build up a tolerance to sunlight. That's where we do see these things like cancer and things like that is because people are just going out in the middle of the day or they go on holiday to Greece, even though they've been living inside you know, in their office. And then all of a sudden they just have this extreme type of light 
that their bodies aren't used to. It's not normal for that to happen in nature. We would always have gradual seasons. We wouldn't be relocating to different uh, places. Genetically, you know, someone like myself, I'm from a northwestern um, or north, no, northwest European region. I wouldn't be living on the equator and getting extreme ultraviolet light at any kind of stage. So, you know, there's so many factors in today's lifestyle that can, can cause that. And I think the biggest thing just comes down to people not practicing irresponsible uh, sunlight exposure. Um, to bring you to the point of sunglasses, this is a very, very interesting topic because we were speaking about the master regulator and, and the importance of getting light through your eyes. It's also really important that the light that goes through your eyes is also going to prepare your skin and help to activate certain pigments in your skin so that you can absorb sunlight better. So when you get uh, the right type of light going through your eyes, there's a um, pigment in your skin called melanin. And that'll activate and actually helps you to absorb things like ultraviolet light, which is quite an extreme um, type of sunlight, help you to absorb that better. Now, the problem is when you wear sunglasses, effectively what you're doing is blocking out the same wavelengths of light that you would have on a cloudy day. So the shorter wavelengths of light, things like ultraviolet, those get blocked out very, very easily by things like uh, sunglasses or clouds. So if you're out a super bright day and you're wearing sunglasses, you're basically telling yourself, you're telling your body that it's a cloudy day, but you're cooking yourself out in like extreme sunlight. So there isn't a lot of, you know, there aren't studies that have shown um, specific like correlations between sunlight and cancer. It's pretty hard to, to do some kind of randomized study in that. But there have been a lot of kind of anecdotal case studies and stories of like um, people who have found that, you know, they, they tan better and they don't tend to burn when they stop wearing um, sunglasses. There was a tribe somewhere in, in Africa, I can't remember exactly where it was. I'll link, I'll link this to you at some stage, Jeremy. But um, one of the reporters went to go and visit a hospital there. And when he went there, I think it was the second time he'd been there, that he noticed that there was a lot more cancer um, showing up in that, the office or in the, in the hospital. There's a lot more cases. And he asked one of the doctors, like, you know, what is happening? Are they eating junk food or something like this? And they literally, they couldn't figure out what was causing all these tribes people to get cancer in this area. And as a joke, the reporter said something. He said, oh, I bet they're wearing, you know, sunglasses or something like that. And the doctor like looked at him horrified and said, in the last like two years, basically what had happened with this tribe is they had all started worshiping sunglasses and it was viewed as, you know, somewhat of a, a status thing. And these guys would literally go outside wearing nothing but sunglasses, sometimes maybe like a loincloth. And there was a complete correlation in this tribe um, where as soon as they started like worshiping sunglasses and, and wearing them a whole bunch more, these, this whole tribe just started getting a whole bunch uh, more uh, cases of cancer. And obviously this is anecdotal, you know, it's small, small kind of um, reports, but, you know, we do know that there's a mechanism between the type of light you get through your eye and how your, your body will respond to that. Um, and I don't think it's going to be too easy to see a, a kind of a randomized clinical study on something like that just yet. But there's some, there's some things out there that definitely should make you question, you know, whether or not sunlight is really that bad for you. Yeah. So, so just to kind of clarify, would, would the reason, and I know you're not suggesting that like that was the necessary cause was them wearing sunglasses, but, but obviously there's a little uh, curiosity there. Um, so would it be primarily because the sunglasses were, were preventing the melanin in their body from functioning or what, what would be the main reason that would, that could potentially cause cancer and other setbacks? 
Yeah, that's definitely one of them. So what basically happens is with different frequencies of light, your longer wavelengths of light travel really well and they can go through things like windows even, but your shorter wavelengths of light, they don't travel as well through objects such as sunglasses or lenses, but they're extremely high energy because basically a short wavelength of light just means that there's a lot of um, light energy or photons being delivered. So while it doesn't travel as easily, it can be extremely damaging. So that is the kind of signal you want to be coming through and you know telling your body, prepare yourself, there's ultraviolet light out there. So Absolutely. It makes sense. Something like sunglasses, it's not hard to get a sunglass lens. I mean, if you've ever, if you've ever done like um, tanning at a salon or something like that, they will often give you protection for your eyes. And those things that they use are, it's either like a super thin material or they'll even use, literally, you'll use goggles that have had of like a clear kind of lens like this. It is really easy to block something like ultraviolet uh, light. Something like in infrared and that is a lot harder to block with, um, have to use some kind of special material. But that type of light is very simple. So I would say 90% of sunglasses are blocking out the ultraviolet um, wavelengths of light from entering eyes, which is what we view as a good thing because we're protecting our eyes. But the problem is then we're completely skipping that signal of you know, telling the body to prepare for sunlight. So some potential alternatives could be, let's say someone's been a lifelong sunglasses wearer and they're looking for an alternative. So something that comes to mind for me is like, okay, we could implement wearing a hat. We can maybe just reduce the time that you're in those sunglasses. So what would be the most appropriate time to actually wear sunglasses if you're going to do it for a short period of time? Obviously, it's going to be in the middle of the day. So when the sun is directly above your head and it's, it's going to be the most harsh. Um, but then you're, you're, going to have, you're going to want to take into account that mechanism that we spoke about. So are you wearing a hat? Are you wearing protective clothing? You know, I'm not a huge fan of the chemical sunscreens. I think those have their own risks. But are you using you know, maybe like something like zinc oxide, like a physical blockout, uh, maybe even something like coconut oil? Uh, there definitely are alternatives in those situations. Um, another thing that we're obviously going to jump into quite soon is the, the, the light through your eye is not the only way that your skin prepares itself to um, better absorb light later on in the day. What basically happens is whenever the sun rises and the sun is in, or when the sun is in the horizon, that ultraviolet light that we're talking about, it's very unlikely that it will get to you when it is in the horizon, just because as the sun is in the horizon, it's, it's further away from you than if it's directly above your head. So the type of light that you do get from a sunrise has a lot of the longer uh, frequencies of light, such as red and near-infrared light. That type of light is, is probably the most dominant type of light we uh, evolved under is the red and near-infrared light. So what basically happens is as your skin gets exposed to the red and near-infrared light, that can also activate uh, the melanin that we were talking about now in order to help prepare your skin for um, ultraviolet light later on in the day. So again... Another, it's not just the sunglasses. A lot of people have a problem with, you know, just going out in the middle of the day. They wake up in the morning, they skip the sunrise. They don't get their skin exposed to, you know, the really healthy wavelengths of light in the early hours of the day. And that therefore doesn't help prepare their body for um, absorbing light, you know, midday kind of thing. So going out directly in the middle of the day and you've skipped your whole process in the morning, that's another problem with, uh, you know, why you're going to burn. I mean, we're going to, we, we've, we've had so many of our, um, customers use red light therapy devices, they've responded and said, you know, they never used to be able to tan so well. I mean, red light therapy has, it doesn't have the capacity to actually tan you, but it does, you know, prepare your skin better for when you do go out in the sun uh, later in the day. And it's by that exact mechanism of also activating the, the melanin within your skin.
it's such it's such an easy thing to access that's going to move the needle so much like a thing that i get often is being healthy is expensive you know shopping for for healthy groceries is expensive you know gym memberships all of these things and and most of the best shit we need to thrive is free it comes from nature and just 5 or 10 minutes first thing in the morning not only is that going to give you all of the benefits that we spoke about but it's also just a great way to ground yourself and prepare for the day and what you said nick about the typical person's relationship with sun and with light is so spot on you know in miami beach all the time i see people coming from canada or michigan or minnesota and they haven't seen the sun in 3 months and then they're just baking at the beach for 8 hours a day and they're completely changing their stimulus without giving themselves that proper time to adapt like you spoke about so i think that's so powerful and hopefully for everyone listening it's like we just nick nick just provided you some knowledge bombs some practical things that you can implement starting right now you know getting getting that morning sunshine look at the sunblock that you might be using right now and read the label because just like food they put a lot of artificial garbage in there and everything you put on your skin absorbs into your bloodstream within 30 seconds so this is really important stuff that we're talking about so i appreciate you nick and I kind of want to close this off. So close this loop off. We have why morning sun so important. Now, uh let's talk a little bit about this sun gazing practice in the evening and what benefits that can offer. That's something that I've been trying to implement as often as possible myself. So obviously again when the sun is is in the horizon again at sunset, you're also going to get a really nice healthy dose of again the red and near infrared light. So that is let's say you've been exposed to a whole bunch of really harsh sunlight in the day that red and near infrared light is also able to stimulate some repair mechanism with, within your skin so that you you know able to efficiently use the light that you have absorbed uh during that day but it's also really important for stimulating uh your circadian rhythm as well because the latest part of the day just before sunset you're also going to get a healthy dose of blue light so it's almost like You know the morning the morning is definitely the most important for setting your circadian rhythm and you know telling your your body that that is the switch on but then at the end of the day you also get one of the highest uh, proportions of blue light is in the moments just before the sun uh, sets so again that's another just another trigger that we should be getting exposed to out in nature and that's going to one of the biggest things you'll notice is getting out and sun gazing in the evening as you're speaking about now that is going to have a huge impact on your sleep quality. You're basically telling you to start unwinding from that moment onwards. Um and I mean, I don't know where we stopped the conversation based on your sleep quality. There's just, you know, it has such an a huge impact on on so many aspects of your life. Yeah. And this this little thing right here can be our best friend, but in many cases it is the biggest devil and demon. and so many people including myself at times um aren't even aware of the mindless scrolling that happens in the evening time too and i'm curious to know what is happening on a physiological level when we are scrolling 
on social media at night without wearing anything protective for our eyes or we're watching Netflix or we're just exposed, exposed to lights from our refrigerator? What is that doing to our body? Such a, such a good question. So this is one of the biggest problems with, with artificial lighting at nighttime is basically what we've been able to reproduce is day signals. So in nature, up until we invented the light bulb, when, whenever after the sun set, you would never be exposed to, to blue light whatsoever. That was only going to come from the sun when, when the sun was up. So over evolution, we basically, we uh, relied a lot on our light environment in order to tell us the time of day it is because it was such a consistent source of information. Now that we've, now that we've got artificial lighting, we've got our cell phones and our uh, overhead lighting, those things can all basically mimic the same type of light that we would get during the day. So whenever you get exposed to blue light, especially when it goes through your eyes, your body will suppress your levels of melatonin, which is a very important uh, sleep hormone. And you'll also elevate your levels of cortisol, which is, you know, it's a bit of your fight and flight. Some people call it the stress hormone, but it is really important for making you feel awake and alert. And melatonin and cortisol should basically be doing the opposite thing. As you wake up in the morning, your cortisol should be rising up. Your melatonin levels should be low. As after the sun sets, your body should start unwinding and getting ready for sleep. Your cortisol levels should drop and your melatonin levels should rise. So what basically happens in the evening, you know, we're staring at our phones and screens and things like that. We're basically telling our body not to prepare for sleep. And as a consequence, you basically delay this melatonin release. So you stop, you, you don't release the hormones that you need in order to get really high quality sleep. And I mean, we have a huge problem with sleep at the moment. So many people are sleep deprived. I think it's like two out of three people in America, I think I heard the other day, are um, sleep deprived. And um, the further stat I heard is that having one beer does less damage to your driving skills than being uh, sleep deprived. So sleep deprivation actually makes you worse of a driver. So you need to, if you're driving in the morning, two out of three people are basically have had a beer before they're uh, driving in the morning because they're just, you know, we have this huge problem with sleep and a lot of it comes down to our light environment and just getting exposed to really bad light signals after sunset. Dude, I think, driving tired like significantly sleepy is significantly worse and more detrimental than driving with a couple beers i mean i can definitely, <laughs> i can attest to that bro like there's been times where i've been tired at night like driving and it's like you feel your eyes starting to close and it's like that's dangerous and jeremy yeah there's a, there's a guy called uh, matthew walker he's one of the best uh, researchers on sleep and he wrote the book uh, why we sleep and in his research, they have not found a single process in our body that is not negatively impacted by sleep deprivation. Not a single thing. Insulin resistance, muscle recovery, cognitive function, every single function they have ever tested is negatively impacted by sleep deprivation. And I want to piggyback on that because as someone like yourself, who is an ambitious entrepreneur you know, you have this company that's in a growth stage right now. Myself, I can relate to that. You know, I'm very ambitious, big dreams, big goals. And I know there's people listening right now and they're like operating from a mindset. I'll sleep when I die, you know, hustle harder. So what are some practices that you have in place for yourself to really make sure that you're able to disconnect 
properly and really prioritize that restful period? Yeah, so I think, you know, especially in the evening, the biggest thing is just being being strict with yourself and making sure that you know, an hour or two before before you know you're going to go to bed, you're not doing anything stimulating. And that's not just from a life environment. That's also, you know, watching some uh, like a business kind of video or personal, you know, something that's going to get your mind going. That's for me, that's the number one thing. I always make sure that if I'm watching something in the evening, it's not something that's going to make me start, you know, thinking about business stuff. I usually watch mindless stuff if it's in the evening. But then, you know, what can you do about the type of light that you're being exposed to in the evening in order to make sure that you're not causing that negative process we're talking about now by offsetting a melatonin? So on like my phone and my laptop, those are great. There's great tools that you can use in order to limit the blue light coming from those things. So on your cell phone, you can use something like Bright. It's a really cool app that makes your screen, um, it filters out the blue light what's on it? the laptop. Yeah. What's that? What's that app called? Twilight. Twilight. Okay, cool. Yeah. So that's on the, on the play store. Um, if you have an iPhone, then there's a really cool little hack that you can do where you basically triple click your home screen. Um, I'll, I can, can I give you a link to a video for how to do that? Yes. Without having to explain it now. Cool. Right so I'll, now. Send, I'll, I'll send you a link for that. There's a really cool way with your iPhone where you can triple click the home button and flicks between completely red screen and your normal screen. It's just playing around with some of the settings there. And then one of the other things is you can use, you know, you get glasses known as blue blocker glasses. And those are literally just orange tinted frames where basically it's going to make your lifestyle look like you're, uh, like it's after sunset. So it blocks out all the blue wavelengths of light and stops that signal from, from entering your brain. That's another great thing that you can do. Uh, if you have control over the lights in your house, try and swap them out for some healthier bulbs. You know, the LEDs that we have in most of our homes are notorious for having very high concentrations of blue light. So you can look at getting, you know, incandescent bulbs are a good first step if that's all that you have available to you. An incandescent bulb has a similar, you know, the old school ones with like the wire filament. When those ones heat up, they give off a very similar uh, light spectrum to a sunset. So it's not absolutely best, but it's a ton better than the, the normal LED lights that you would get in your house. Otherwise, you can look at something we've got at Micondria. We've got something called the orbs, and they're 100% blue, uh, blue light free, uh, zero flicker light bulbs that you can use in your home as well. And those are absolutely awesome for your sleep quality if you are able to control your light environment in the evening. Yeah, we're gonna need you to a, to provide a lot of these a lot yeah. of knowledge nuggets in the show notes, bro. Um, but yeah, the, these are all these are all super easy, actionable steps, and that's why everything you're providing right now, I think, is so valuable because it's not telling someone to go out to the store and spend hundreds and thousands of dollars. It's like, yo, like these are that's, simple things yeah. that are going to move the needle a lot. Now, I want to segue into specifically red light therapy, um, mitochondria, this baby that you created that is blossoming. Um, so tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey and where things were maybe a couple years ago and where things are now and where you see things going in the future. I know that's a lot, so don't feel obligated to tackle it all at once. So about three years ago, I just knew I wanted to have my own business. I, I, I had that mindset. I was never going to work for someone for the rest of my life. And at that time is when I had just been exposed to that company, um, Functional Patterns, and I'd learned about all these other aspects of health. So I knew I wanted to get into the environment of light hacking, 
So how could I, you know, start educating people about their light environment? And how could I provide tools so that people didn't have to just, you know, live outside and go and live like cavemen? That's, you know, obviously I wasn't going to convince people to do that. So the very first company I got involved with, or first company I started uh, with another guy, so we partnered and started that, was a blue blocker glasses company. It's pretty easy. You know, we, we got some really nice frames, got some specific lens tints, and that's the first business that we started. I did that for about a year, and that did, did really well. I mean, it has a huge impact. I mean, blue blockers, if, if someone watching this has ever used them before, people will know you know, wearing blue blockers in the evening can have a huge impact um, on your sleep quality. And it's such a simple thing. You don't need to be, you know, it's not like you have to say no to a piece of cake. It's just popping on a pair of glasses, you know, an hour or two before bedtime. So that was really great because it actually, you know, it's, it's, I kind of cut my teeth in entrepreneurship there. And I also built up a really nice customer base. And, you know, I was seeing such a huge impact on uh, or with the people who were using our products. Um, and that really helped me to have a nice network of people because, you know, now people trusted me to help them with their light environment. And then unfortunately after that, I, I went separate ways with the guy that I partnered with on that company. Um, and then I decided, you know, I still wanted to stay in the, the light hacking field. And then that's when we got involved with red light therapy, which is, yeah, that is definitely the most exciting thing I've ever gotten involved with. Uh, red light therapy has been an absolute game changer for me and for so many of our customers, just because it's, it's probably one of the most, uh, you know, as I'm, you know, your question about where things going right now, it's pretty hard to, you know, we have to make, we have to teach people about red light therapy and the importance of light. The way I see it going, I don't see that a red light therapy device is going to be something like a toothbrush where like every household, you know, you got to you wake up in the morning, you brush your teeth because you need to keep your teeth clean. You put on a red light therapy device because you don't want to have, you know, all these negative effects from living an indoor lifestyle. Mm -hmm. I think it's literally going to become one of the most uh, sought out tools and uh, almost like a household essential just because we're seeing, you know, so many clinical studies showing such amazing benefits from red light therapy. It's not, it's not like a supplement or something like that where it's like, maybe it'll work. Or some people said it's like anecdotal when it comes to red light therapy, we have got thousands of clinical studies showing, you know, a wide range of benefits, things from improved sleep quality, better skin quality, decreased inflammation, faster muscle recovery. There's such a huge impact that red light therapy can have. And it's purely, I firmly believe it's purely because we're reconnecting humans with their natural light environment. It's because we are, as I said in the beginning of this whole uh, podcast, we're just so far away from our natural light environment. Red light therapy is one, is one of the best tools for bringing you, you know, that extra step closer to your, your primal light environment. Mm, I like that, bro. That's, that's, such a, that's such a beautiful vision. Like that every household has this because they see the importance and as you mentioned, raising awareness about this is an important first step. And I know that's what you're doing a lot now. Now, for someone who's living in a place like I am, Miami, and they're like, dude, I go to the beach every day. I'm getting a lot of sun. I don't need red light therapy. It's not going to serve any purpose for me. What would you say to that person? It's very rare that I, if I meet someone that, that, that does that, I'd be honest with them, but it's very rare that someone is either spending enough time outside or exposing enough of their skin outside. I mean, most of us aren't able to stand outside butt naked and get enough healthy light. I mean, one of the, the big benefits we often talk about with red light therapy and actually what kind of put red light therapy on the map was um, it was an article in the Men's Health uh, done by a guy called Ben Greenfield, who's a very well-known uh, biohacker. 
And he uh, wrote this whole article of how he tripled his testosterone levels by applying red light therapy to his testes. So areas like that, as men, we are not getting enough natural light exposure. And that is one of those areas where you can have a huge impact. So unless, unless you tell me that you're getting outside and you're getting, you know, you're seeing the sunrise with your pants off and you're getting complete full skin exposure, you're probably going to need a red light therapy device. I, I live and swear by, you know, optimizing my light environment, but here I am sitting inside. I'm skipping out on some natural light outside. There's, there's almost always a place in your, in your life where you're not able to get completely harmonized. If I had to go to speak to the Hudson tribe out here in Africa and, you know, try and convince them to use a red light therapy device, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't actually feel, I wouldn't actually be able to because I don't think they would need it. I've always said that I would love to conduct a study where we, you know, try and replicate all these red light therapy benefits from the clinical studies. What up fam? I am sorry to interrupt today's episode, but I promise it's for a good reason. I want to make sure that you get access to my free microdosing course. Now, so many people have asked me questions about psychedelics and specifically microdosing and how to potentially implement it into their life. And I felt obligated to create something extremely powerful and I wanted to make it free because I want as many people to have access to this information, removing some of the societal stigmas and really giving you the truth about microdosing and how it can potentially benefit you and your life. So make sure to hit the link in the show notes to get that free course. Now let's get back to the show. Mm, yeah. And that's something we spoke about too, was the impact of shining this red light on your genitals and specifically for men, the, the potential to really increase and optimize your testosterone levels. Now, if a woman's going to do the same thing and stand in front of their naked, would she also, I know she would get benefits, but like, how would that translate on a hormone level for a woman? Yeah. So it's really hard to make a statement on that because the studies that are, you know, those, those testosterone studies, they are, they are based on a completely male uh, participant study. However, females also need, you know, I think they make somewhere between a 10th to a 20th um, of the amount of testosterone as men. They do also have that requirement. Obviously it's made in the ovaries, but you know, there's so much so many factors that can impact your, your hormonal health. I mean, so many females will have a lot of inflammation in that area, you know? Um, and if you've, if you've got high levels of inflammation, your body's going to be stressed. You're not going to have an optimized um, hormonal panel. Things like estrogen are going to be completely whacked as well. So red light therapy, I mean, we haven't really spoken about the mechanism of how it works, but red light therapy is one of those things that because of the, the fundamental mechanism of how it affects our cells, it has so many different effects. So it's going to help with, you know, inflammation in the area. It's going to help with pain, uh, a neural pain or joint pain. So if you can apply this kind of you know, magic pull, as it really does sound like uh, we're talking about to an area like that, it has this, you know, wide range of benefits such as improving your, your hormones uh, across, across the entire board, basically. Sweet. So let's jump into the mechanism and this device and specifically how it's able to emit so much powerful benefits in a short period of time. And like everything, Nick, 
you know, whether it's food, whether it's exercise, you know, whether it's coffee, whether it's medicinal mushrooms, whatever we're putting into our body, onto our body, there's inferior products that are always trying to capitalize off this moment, off this momentum. So I'd like for you to talk a little bit about how this device works and then really specifically why my mitochondria uh, really takes things to the next level. Cool. So I think the most important thing to talk about is why red and why near infrared. So why are we using those frequencies of light? So as the sun rises in the morning and, and goes across you know, the, the full day, the type of light that you will receive across that day will change. So ultraviolet light, as I've already mentioned, you don't get a lot of that in the morning. It's more based in the middle of the day. That will obviously depend on where in the world you're living. But red and near-infrared light is the most dominant type of light that we would be exposed to. So at minimum, the, sun, the light that you're getting from the sun is always at minimum 42% red and near-infrared. It can be a lot more when it's like sunrise and sunset, but at minimum, it's 42%. So what's basically happened is within each and every one of our cells, we have what's called mitochondria, and I'm sure most people know what that is. So the powerhouse within your cell, basically the mitochondria, their job is to generate energy for whatever cell it is, be that a hair cell, a skin cell, a liver cell. They all have mitochondria within them in order to generate energy for that cell to perform its function. So no coincidence at all, or completely not coincidence, uh, the most dominant type of light is also the type of light that our mitochondria have chosen to use in order to make energy. So there's a very specific uh, chromophore within the mitochondria that when it is exposed to red and near-infrared light, it's almost like a, a turbine that spins. So if you could imagine a hydro station that generates electricity, so flowing water will literally spin a turbine and generate electricity. It's very similar within your mitochondria where red and near-infrared light is able to literally spin this turbine that makes more energy for that specific cell. So red and near-infrared light is such a fundamental um, process, or being exposed to red and near-infrared light is such a fundamental process that we would be out in nature, but when you're inside, you're getting almost zero red and near-infrared light. So basically on a fundamental level, using the devices that we've, we've created now with um, LED panels, you can hack your light environment and you can hack your cells so that they can have more energy. So you know, we speak about this wide range of benefits with red light therapy. It comes down to the fundamental mechanism of whatever cell that is, if it has more energy, it's going to be able to perform its function better, whether that's brain cell, skin cell, liver cell, more energy, perform its function better. It's almost like if you had a doctor, an engineer, and an athlete, and you gave each of those three people more energy, they would each be able to perform their specific function better. So it's the same thing with, with red light therapy. Where, wherever you're aiming that thing, those cells are going to have more energy, be it muscle, be it like at muscles they need to repair, or you know, you've got some inflammation in the area that needs to be dealt with, or you need more collagen in your skin in that area. If those cells have more energy, then they're going to be able to perform uh, their specific functions better. So that's what red light therapy is. We're literally just reconnecting a completely natural process that we would have been getting when we were outside in the sun, how we would harness uh, sunlight's energy in order to make uh, energy within our cells. And red light therapy basically gives you a way when you can use a really high intensity of light because it's a really safe uh, type of light, you're going to get burnt like you would with something like a tanning booth or something like that. So if you're using a really high quality device with a high enough power, you can start getting benefits in as little as three to five minutes a day, which is so essential. You know, we're not trying to replace sunlight, 
But we also need to be realistic that if someone knows that they're going to be inside for hours of a day sitting in an office, red light therapy is, is a way that you can use, you know, five to 10 minutes of your day and, and cover a whole bunch of areas on your body in order to get that stimulus that you would have been getting if you were uh, living outside. Mm. Yeah. And you can just like all these things, like you can, people who say like, there's not enough time to implement all of these strategies, right? It's like, you can always get creative. I mean, if you have a journaling practice, right, you can journal while you're standing in front of there, which is what I've been doing lately. You know, you can work on breath work. You know, there's so many different ways to make this work for you individually. So please use this opportunity, everyone listening and watching, to see how this can help you elevate your energy. Because ultimately, Nick, you know, I believe energy is the most valuable currency. And too many people uh, are leaking energy in different places. And understand all of that leaking energy is stealing away from your power, from your potential to really create whatever it is that you desire in this life. Now, when I was searching, when I was searching uh, different red light therapies to implement, a lot of different companies popped up, bro. You know, I'm not going to mention names, but I see different <laughs> ones come up and different price points. And I'm like, wow, this is competitive. This is interesting. Yeah. So what are some things that make your devices unique as opposed to all of the other com competition, essentially? Yeah. So that is a very important question because you can go onto something like Amazon and you can pick up some pretty cheap devices. But unless you have your own you know, expensive testing equipment, you don't know if you've got a fancy party light. So you really need to make sure that you're looking at certain aspects or specifications from uh, the device that you're buying. So there's probably three specifications that uh, you really want to look out for and something that will separate a high quality red light therapy device from a low quality uh, red light therapy device. The first one, pretty obvious, is the light's intensity. So if you've got an underpowered device, you're not going to be getting a high enough dosage in order to see benefits. Or you're not going to see any benefits because you're not even, you know, you're not actually hitting that, that cap. So what you would need to look out for is light intensity is measured in milliwatts per centimeter squared. Um, and you probably want to be looking between 80 to 100 milliwatts per centimeter squared. That's a nice high powered device. But the biggest problem that's actually happening in, in the industry at the moment is a lot of companies don't disclose how far away they were from the device when they took that measurement. So obviously, the further away from a device you get, the lower the light intensity, it tends to dissipate as you get further away. So some companies will say, they just put out a specification, they literally just say 80 milliwatts per centimeter squared. That's all they say. They don't say how far away. So someone, if you've got a reputable device, um, it should be telling you at six inches, eight inches, 12 inches, 20 inches, whatever distance it is, that's the measurement, that's the distance they were when they took that measurement. So that you know, you know, they didn't go right up against the device, take a measurement, and now when you're six, eight inches away, you might not be getting a therapeutic dose. You don't know what you're working with. So that's that's one corner that, that gets cut with a lot of cheaper devices. Another one is flicker rate. So a lot of LED lights will flicker purely because our electricity grid is on an alternating current. So it flicks, basically it goes on and off at a really fast rate. So the light will flicker at a rate that you won't necessarily see with your naked eye. But if you had to take your, your phone's camera and, and film it with slow motion, you would see that that light switches on and off at um, a really high rate. 
And the reason why this is a problem is your eyes might not be able to perceive it, but there is quite a bit of research that shows that these flickering LEDs can have you know, negative consequences, things like um, causing an eye strain or headache, or even you know, lowering your um, ability to focus. So with a cheaper device, even if it's powerful enough, you might be running into that issue where you know, you're taking three steps forward, you're taking one step back. So a really high quality device should also be marketed as saying that it's flicker free. And that's just by changing or installing um, certain components in the device. So that it takes that alternating current that we were talking about and converts it to a direct current. Uh, the last specification is uh, something called EMFs. Some people might be aware of that. So it's electromagnetic fields. And that's basically, you know, we're basically exposed to enough EMFs from things like our Wi-Fi, our cell phones. You know, it's all this extra radiation that we're living under these days. And any electronic device, if it's got an electrical current flowing through it, will emit some kind of electromagnetic field. So what you do want to look out for is a device that is powerful enough that you can be a little bit further away from that device because it's similar to light, where the further away you get from a device, the lower the electromagnetic fields. So if you have a device that is powerful enough, you'll be able to treat yourself at a distance where you're not going to be exposed to those EMFs. So our mitochondria devices, we're all, we don't even give our light intensity at anything less than six inches. We say go six inches or beyond because we have really high powered um, light. And from six inches and beyond, you're also in a, a completely EMF uh, free zone. So those three specifications, look for the light intensity, make sure that they tell you, you know, at what distance they, were, they took that measurement. Check if they measure themselves as being flicker-free and then also as having uh, low EMF uh, ratings. One thing that I think, you know, if someone wants to take some practical information and, and apply this also, or like to be able to also spot a device whether or not they should, you know, go with it. Almost every single red light therapy company will say something along the lines of red light therapy has been featured in thousands of clinical studies and shown benefits X, Y, and Z. Almost all of them will say that, including mitochondria. The problem is that those claims are all based on clinical studies that are using medical grade uh, devices. So you really want to make sure that a company has its own testimonials, its own results, you know, using its devices and um, its own customers, because a lot of them, you know, these underpowered devices, they, even the company itself will still reference the studies and show, you know, look what, what they achieved in that study. But then when you, when you dive into the specifications, you'll see that there's are nothing like the ones that they used um, in, in the studies. I mean, Red light therapy used to be super, super expensive. If you were going to like a laser, um, if you were doing laser treatment, if you wanted to buy a laser device, you could spend, you know, a couple thousand dollars. Um, if you wanted to, if you go to like a treatment place, then like a spa, they will charge, you know, 80 to a hundred dollars for a single session. Red light therapy, some people call it expensive, but you can get a really high quality device and it's not going to cost you even a thousand dollars. You got, you know, $800. You can get a very, very high quality. That's probably one of the middle of the range devices from us which again, sounds expensive, but if you put it into perspective, you're talking about something that has got a wide range of proven benefits and it's something that's going to serve you for a really long time. I mean, if you look at our the MyLight MIDI, for example, $799, and that has a three-year warranty. If you work that out per month, it's like $20 per month you're guaranteed to be able to tap into the benefits of uh, red light therapy. So, I mean, I know people, and I'm sure you know people who spend $100 plus on supplements per month. So, I mean, in my own opinion, supplements have less clinical evidence to show that they work and they cost a lot more. So red light therapy really can be, it's not somewhere you want to be skimp on. Don't waste your time with a cheap device. It's not one of those things where it actually is under underpriced for what you're getting, in my opinion. 
because you know the kind of benefits you're going to get and the duration of time that that device will serve you it's a no-brainer don't don't cut corners on that don't cut corners with your health basically yeah and and then and it's just a mindset switch right it, it, it's an investment and this is something that i'm saying i feel like every day multiple times is this is an investment it's not an expense and it's going to serve you for a long time just like you said now i'm curious to know well and, and i just want to backtrack for a second actually i want to acknowledge what you guys are doing because of your transparency and i feel like what i've noticed after you know working with a couple different companies that I really admire and I trust and I uh, connect with the founders is that they all have a high level of transparency behind what they're doing. And for those people listening, I think it's just a valuable lesson because this isn't just with supplements. This is just in all areas of life. Like if you're in a relationship with a friend and like there's all of these secrets and there's a lack of transparency, chances are that there's something they're hiding. And it's the same thing with these supplement companies, these red light companies that are trying to just capitalize off a moment in time. It, the lack of transparency is awful as, often a signal that the quality is a little inferior, right? That there's cutting of corners. So it's a good opportunity to take inventory of where you're at now, what you're putting into your body, what you're allowing to consume your energy and see like what's that level of transparency tied to that person, tied to that product, tied to that thing. Um, and, you know, I'm in a medicinal mushrooms office right now and I see it all the time, you know, with, with medicinal mushrooms, companies using mycelium which is usually grown on brown rice substrate as opposed to like the fruiting bodies where you get all the beta glucans, which is what actually increases your white blood cell count. So, you know, it happens in every single sector of supplementation and health and life, really. Um, speaking of mushrooms, Nick, um, I know you've been one to uh, tap a little in to the psilocybin, vibing with that psilocybin. Um, I'd, I'd love to hear, I'd love to hear because I think it's valuable to get a, a perspective from someone like yourself in South Africa, you know, you're building this business, you're very mission driven, right? I want to know what role psychedelics has played in your personal development, your personal growth. Yeah. So <laughs> very good question. So I was always like on the fence is like, no drugs are bad. And you know, mushrooms is, you know, what people just do when they want to get messed up. And, um, I got a very, very sharp wake up call a couple of years ago with, uh, my brother I was in a very dark place. Um, he was pretty suicidal. He had very bad depression and he'd been on in, uh, antidepressants for quite a while. And he always, you know, I was always the, the health guy in the family. So I was always the one who's like, you know, Nick, find a solution. And, you know, it got pretty extreme. He'd been in hospital a few times for like attempting to, to take his life. And I started doing a whole bunch of research and I came across um, some studies that were in America where they'd started using psilocybin in order to treat, it was post-traumatic stress disorder was the first thing they started treating. And the biggest thing I read, or the, the thing that stood out for me the most when I read that was, there was a quote somewhere where it's a whole, like uh, the participants basically said, 
It reset my brain. That was something that, that stood out for me. And I read that and I was like, this is exactly what we need to try with my brother. So uh, in South Africa, we legally sourced, uh, well, let me, yeah, let me just uh, say that we, we, we went to a, another country where it was legal. We didn't actually do it at home just for, for legal purposes here. So we're in another country and my brother got to do a single trip. So he wasn't microdosing. He got to do a single trip of um, magic mushrooms or psilocybin. I think he had about two grams of uh, magic mushrooms. And he said the same thing. He said his brain reset. He said he found himself. He said he reconnected with his purpose, who he was. He started, you know, he basically was able to reconnect with people around him. And the next day, stopped all his medication and has been fine since then. It literally, as, as I'd read it, it literally reset his brain. So since then, I've also experimented with it a bit. And I've done, you know, a couple of, of once-off trips. I don't, I don't microdose. I've wanted to look, about, look into doing it but I haven't actually uh, done any microdosing, but I've had some very, very profound experiences that have gotten me through some really, really tough life, uh, tough times in my life. Um, and the past and also helped me to deal with some things that almost, you know, I, I basically suppressed, you know, magic or well, psilocybin is very good at making you uh, face the things that you're, you're trying to avoid. Um, and in my life, I've definitely had a few of those, those instances where, Maybe not the best trip. And I think that's what, what some people have is it, they don't necessarily have the best trip, but what they take from that um, is absolutely life-changing. For me, that's one of the things I've had some experiences that completely just, you know, recalibrated my life and put things, put things in perspective. Mm, I appreciate you sharing that, bro. What were some of those challenging times that you were referring to in regards to yourself? Yeah, so I remember about three years ago, I went through a breakup with a girl that I had uh, we really, really thought that we were going to spend you know, the rest of our lives together. And it was a very, very abrupt breakup. We'd been together for like three, just over three years. And we were like super, super good. There was no arguments. Like we really just got along really well. Um, and then an outside factor came involved uh, to do with certain religious beliefs. And um, our relationship basically ended quite abruptly. And I, I, kind of went through the whole breakup and, um, you know, thought I was good. And then a couple of months later, I, I did a, a mushroom trip. And what I basically experienced, which is, is a very, very powerful thing that happens when you're using psilocybin, is that you almost your feelings start crossing over, your sensations start crossing over. Some people will say you can hear colors or you can see sounds. And that kind of process happened to me where I was able to visualize my emotions um, I'd, I'd done, I'd been, I'd done a trip where I'd used, um, I was like covering my eyes with a sleep mask. So the only thing I could see was basically what was going on inside my head and something that popped up for me. in that, this is one of the most profound things I've ever had happen to me is I realized that the way I dealt with the breakup and that extreme time in my life was by almost having this like hatred for, for the girl that I, I dated for so long. I had this hatred for what she had put me through and you know, all these things that happened to me and it, it, that's how I dealt with it. And I literally, while, while my eyes were closed, I could see this, I, I have no better word to describe it than like a black, like orb or goo, like this black hatred. I could literally see it as if it was physically in front of me and it got brought right into, like there was no avoiding and seeing that, that part of me at that time. And over the next hour or so, I literally worked, I could feel like my brain letting go of that. And I realized that, you know, after that trip, I was able to let go of some really, really, you know, deep and dark places of my, my, my brain and my psyche.
that I never would have done otherwise. I would have carried on living my life and having this, you know, negative feeling towards this person and that that whole part of my life. But now I was able to completely let that go and turn three and a half years of what I would look back on and hate. Now I look back on it with fond memories and you know absolute joy for the time that there was there in my life. That's probably the most most profound profound experience I've had. Bro, that is that is <laughs> significant because I'm sure that those feelings of anger and resentment that you're speaking to were probably manifesting into every other area of your life, including business. And relationships, 100%. I was guarded going into other relationships. I was guarded. I was like, you know, is this, you know, I was in such a confident place while I was in that relationship that, you know, nothing was going to go wrong. Now going forward, I was skeptical. I was like, well, I, I feel really safe in this relationship. But how do I know? Because I used to feel safe before and this happened and I had all that resentment afterwards and, you know, it was such a negative experience. But after, you know, going through my trip, I was able to realize, you know what, even if that happens again, I know that I can look back on the positive experience and being present in that relationship and enjoying it and not going, oh, I hope, you know, I, I'm, I'm not worried about what's going to happen six months, six years down the line, because I know whatever happens, I can look back on, on the, the happy memories and not have that hatred that I did from the previous relationship. Are you able to speak about maybe how that level of hatred was manifesting into what you were creating in your business? Did you see, were you able to kind of identify the shift that took place during that psychedelic experience and that profound transformation also in business and how it might have transcended your trajectory? That's a very, very interesting question. I don't know. How, I feel like you've, you've reached into my mind here. So at that time, I was living in a place where I had, I was basically stuck for the next six months. I'd moved up to um, an area where, where she had stayed. And that was at the same time that I'd started the Blue Block uh, Glasses Company. And at that time, when I had done that, uh, did the trip, I was in such a like focused on me mindset because I was in this place where I knew no one, my family wasn't around me. I, I had to be here for the next six months because I was finishing my internship and I was so isolated in my own mind. I don't think the business did badly because that was all I focused on, but I, I definitely wasn't connecting with those around me because I was just like, you know, completely cutting out that area or those, the, the people in that, that area. Um, and yeah, that definitely would have added to, you know, my ability to open up even to her and to, you know, the people around me. And instead of hating the next six months and going through that internship with, you know, blinders on and cutting out, you know, close relationships and things like that. Yeah. I would say that there was definitely that shift where I was able to enjoy those, those next six months instead of, you know, waste them away and, and hate away that time. Mm, yeah. I think it's powerful, bro, to always put these pieces together because Everything that we're doing right now and all of these feelings and emotions that are coming up, good or bad, positive or negative, if that is even a thing, they, they manifest in all different unexpected areas in ways that sometimes we're not even aware of. It takes like conversations like this sometimes to be like, oh shit, like that transformational journey facilitated this other thought pattern that triggered that behavior. So I think it's just helpful for, again, 
at Thrive University, we're always, my mission is to give people the tools to build and cultivate self-awareness because I truly believe that once you understand yourself, you're able to navigate through this world in such a more powerful way. And I think it's helpful to kind of just like reflect like you did and come to the realization like, oh my gosh, these feelings and emotions I'm having aren't really serving me. They're not serving my growth. They're not serving my bright future. So how can I let go of those, release those, and instead change the story that I'm telling myself? So I really appreciate you sharing that, brother. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I completely, I mean, I agree with what you just said. I went into that experience not thinking I was trying to address anything. It was brought up during that experience. So it's almost like, you know, you don't necessarily need to be in an extreme place where you think, okay, I need to fix depression or something like that. I think for a lot of people, there's, in today's society, there's a lot of stuff that we suppress. We just, you know, don't, don't feel out and explore ourselves that we really shouldn't. For me, yeah, I, had a, I definitely can be one of those people that speaks from experience saying that, yeah, psilocybin brought that into, you know, the forefront of my mind and definitely had, you know, huge impacts on my life because of that. Yeah. I love that. I, I can definitely relate with psilocybin, ayahuasca. They've been powerful tools for me to come from more of a place of love and compassion. And even if you were successful with the blue light blockers, like I always, I always see like, where am I coming from with this? Is it, is it like from a scarcity standpoint? Is it uh, financially driven or is it impact driven? Is it coming from a place of love? And I feel like when it comes from the heart center, like it's more sustainable and people can really, people can really see that and they can feel that. And I'm curious to know, circling back to mychondria, like what are some, what are some of the things that you've really done as you build your team and as things grow, like what are some core values that you guys have as a brand and as a business that you really identify strongly with? So this is oh, such a good question. So we always focus on how can we deliver value first? How do we deliver as much valuable value uh, to people without any expectation of anything in return? I mean, if you look at our social media feeds and that, like every fourth post might say something about check out our devices. Otherwise, we're talking about light and practical like tips and, and information for people. Because what I realized very early on with our uh, business is that it's not like selling hair dryers where you're just going to be able to pay some money and get some advertising done and you know you can appeal to the right people. Uh, in order to be profitable and to do paid advertising with something like what we do, it's extremely hard because we have we have to bridge that education gap. So we're not, you know, it's very hard to find your audience when you need to create your own audience. So what we basically decided or what we realized is if we wanted to make it, we needed to get absolute thriving fans. So we needed to over deliver to an insane level so that we'd, we basically needed to get the snowball going where we impact a certain amount of, of clients and we have, we have some pretty passionate fans here at Mitochondria and they're able to help us to spread our message. So instead of spending money on Facebook advertising, Instagram advertising, how do we reinvest our time and our money into products, be that you know information products or, or physical products that are going to help to turn our current customer base into absolute uh, raving fans. So as much as we can, we just focus on on over delivering. I mean, if you go onto um, our web, uh, onto like a lot of our landing pages and stuff, there's always an opportunity to speak to someone in person. I'm as much as I can. I make myself available to people 
before they've even purchased. There's literally pages where it's like, you want to learn more about red light therapy? Book a 15-minute call with Nick. No obligations. You don't have to get a, a device or anything. And I literally spend my days, I will do three to four calls like that a day where I'm just talking to you know random people who want to know more about light and health. And most of them won't actually make a purchase because it's still completely new to them. But it'll start that ball, you know, start that the cog in motion where they'll go, now I need to learn more about my light environment. And maybe, you know, three, four months down the line, they go, you know what? Remember that guy, Nick, who introduced me to light and gave me all that information for free. So, yeah, to answer your question, we've just basically learned that we can't be um, transactional. We can't be transactional with our business because we're not a transactional product. It does require a lot of education. And the only way that we're going to actually help people is by really, you know, being on the forefront of their mind because they go, what? I can't believe the amount of value that they delivered to us. Uh, you know, it didn't even take my credit card. <laughs> Dude, I, 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 I love everything you said. I'm, I'm noticing more and more after this conversation that there's a lot of areas of overlap between our stories. You know, I also had an older brother that has battled uh, depression for a while. And, and just this story that you, you most recently told about jab 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 and then give them the occasional right hook like oh gary gary v yeah exactly so yeah. so i love that i love that approach of really just bringing value and i mean offering the opportunity to connect with the founder like that's so unique and i honestly have never heard of that happening before like that's that's unbelievable that you're so committed to the mission, to the education, to the awareness of red light and serving humanity, brother. So I just want to acknowledge you for showing up in a powerful way, man, and, and really following your dreams, following your passions and pursuing them with 100% intensity and love. And I think so many people listening right now are going to be inspired to take action on their health, take action on their side hustle, whatever that thing is that might be uh, weighing them down. Notice that, realize that, you know, if you just pause, prioritize your health, prioritize your inner peace, so much is possible. And, um, I'm just grateful that you, you came on today, bro, to share some of your story and I can't wait to continue co-creating together. Amazing. Just to, just to quickly give you something. So obviously, um, we're going to have to go off in the next five minutes or so, but if, if anyone wants to get a whole bunch more information, I mean, obviously they can go and find us on like social media. There's, you know, my at my on Instagram or even on Facebook. But what I want to actually say is if people want to really get plugged in, we've, I've put together a uh, link tree link. That has a whole bunch of things that if people want to, to get. So let me, I'll, I'll send you the link as well. But that way they can really get plugged in with a whole bunch of free content. You know, there's like masterclasses, there's videos, there's blog posts. And we've created this like basically link where you can access all of those. So if, if anyone wants to see it, uh, Linktree, if anyone's used a, a Linktree link before. So it's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E, like Linktree, but the dot is before the two E's. And then forward slash circadian warrior, forward slash, sorry, circadian underscore warrior we'll i'll have to link that to you we'll put it in the show notes yeah i'll put it in the show notes it'll be easier yeah <laughs> um but otherwise yeah check out our social plat our social platforms you'll notice it's nothing like other red light therapy companies um i always get told that you need to you need to have more call to actions and all these kind of things 
we just we just put out content for free and and people you know we we love chatting in the in the comment section instead so check out our social profiles you'll get a ton of information there for free amazing brother yeah and guys also if you're listening if you're watching and this is something that maybe you've heard about in the past and it's piqued your interest and you want to get hooked up with a discount nick was generous enough to create a code for us so if you just go to the website again it's going to be in the show notes, but you can put Coach Jeremy at checkout to get hooked up with a little discount. Um, I have my panel back at my place in California, and I think I'm going to be having one in Miami as well. So I'm just excited to continue prioritizing my health and also sharing it with others because I see the power and the potential that it has. And, and I've personally seen and felt the difference like you were talking about on a cellular level. So Nick, uh, last question. I know you have to run, but cool. okay. I want you to imagine brother that it is your last meal. You have accomplished everything there is to accomplish in your wildest dreams. Like you've had every single household in the USA. They have a red light therapy right next to their toothbrush <laughs> setup. Okay. So the awareness has been created. The content's been created. You've built a machine of a business. You've inspired millions of people with health and wellness. And you have the opportunity to have your final supper. You get to choose three people to be at the table with you, dead or alive. They can't be family members. Mm. Who are those three people? And then what are you having for that meal? Did you say they can or can't be family members? They can't be family, bro. No blood, no blood related. That is a super hard question. So someone I've always found super interesting and I'd love to connect with uh, that you've already spoken with, Gary V. I mean, I would love to pick his brain for information off there. Uh, someone who inspired me with a lot of my light and circadian rhythm stuff would be uh, Dr. Jack Cruz. He's an absolute genius when it comes to light and its effect on your health. Someone else, man. Uh, they can be dead, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it would probably be a guy called Jacques Fresco, um, who's a very, he, he passed away, I think about two years ago, but he's a complete visionary in terms of, um, he's basically come up with a, a new way that we should live in society, uh, something called the Venus Project. And yeah, super smart man and, and has a very good vision for where humanity should be going. So I'd probably chuck it in with him. And then there's no question, it'd be a, a like ribeye steaks, man. <laughs> <laughs> no question. That grass fed. That grass fed. <laughs> grass fed, free range, robust sticks. <laughs> Thank you so much, man, for again just showing up in a powerful way. I'm so glad we were able to make this happen with this crazy time change that that we are dealing with. But like I said, brother, I, I value you so much as a friend, uh, as a colleague, and I'm excited to see what we can continue to co-create moving forward. Looking forward to it. Thanks so much for having me on, Jeremy. It was really, really great to chat to you and your audience. And yeah, I look forward to chatting with more of them. As I've already said, they're welcome to book in a call if they want to chat further with me as well. Beautiful. And Thrive Tribe, you already know what time it is. It's time to prioritize light, prioritize that sunshine so you can thrive. Much love. Peace. Oh my goodness. Thrive Tribe. I don't know about you, but that conversation with Nick blew my mind. And 
I'm so grateful to have Nick as a friend and colleague, and I will continue to support him on his journey because he's making a huge impact in the world. And I'm gonna keep shining that red light on my genitals. I'm gonna keep using the panels that Mitochondria provides, again, the highest quality. And if you're interested in checking out any of that stuff, make sure to hit the link in the show notes. You can connect with Nick. You can get hooked up with a discount on the panel. And you can also find all the other links that we discussed in today's conversation. So I just want to let you know how much I love you, how much I appreciate you. Your support genuinely means the world. And one of the biggest favors that you could do to support me and this show is by sharing it with a friend, sharing it with a loved one. Let them know how much you gained from this episode. And if you feel called to, you can even leave a review on the show. That also makes a huge difference. It allows us to reach more people and impact more lives. And that is it. That's really all I have to say for today. I just want to let you know again, how much I appreciate you. And we are on a mission here at Thrive University to inspire and empower people with the tools needed to live a healthier and happier life. And you probably didn't learn about a lot of these things in school. And that's why we are here. That's why I show up three times a week to deliver you valuable content. I don't get paid for this. I really do it out of passion, out of love. And I hope that you gained just a little knowledge nugget today. I love you so much, fam. Have a great day. Again, hit me up on IG at CoachJeremy305. And don't be a stranger. Don't be shy. Show love and that love will be reciprocated. You already know what time it is. It's time to shine your light and thrive.